0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation, and welcome to Locked on Saints, your team every day. Ross Jackson here, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it, every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at RossJacksonASC. Welcome to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me from the jump. Big hoodat to all of you, family, and welcome back for a fresh new week here at Locked on Saints. No update on Michael Thomas's contract as of right now, but another wide receiver is turning heads at camp. I'll tell you why. Undrafted free agent, Emmanuel Butler is worthy of the training camp hype. Then we'll take a look at some of the other highlights of camp, which players are standing out, who's been missing, and how we got our first look at one of the podcast favorites. And then we'll close out the show by taking a look at the Saints' newest visit, running back Theo recently cut by the Detroit Lions, and how he can continue the Saints streak of late and effective free agent additions. We got all that and a little bit of yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. And before we get started today, just a quick reminder that I still have a giveaway going on over at my Twitter account at Ross Jackson ASC. It's the pinned tweet right now. If you want to enter to win two tickets to the big three playoffs on August 25th at the Smoothie King Center, just hop over there. We Retweet the tweet. I'm going to get that together. Retweet that tweet and then go ahead and follow at All Saints Law. You can also leave a five-star rating here to either enter instead of using Twitter in case you don't have a Twitter account or you can do both and then get a second entry that way. Just some a little way for me to give back to all y'all for showing me the incredible support that you've shown me. We've recorded some uh, some of the highest numbers here at Locked on Saints since it began. So I appreciate all of you for being here I wanted to find a little way to give back. So that's that for you. And also just to let you know, I'll be out at training camp on the 2nd. So if you see me, make sure that you say hi. I'll let you know probably the episode before how to find me and everything. But I always love meeting people that listen to the podcast. Super cool for me. So I appreciate it and would love to meet anybody that listens. So if you see me out there, make sure that you say hi. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. We need to talk about Emmanuel Butler. There, this is not an option. There is no choice here. This is must discuss podcasting right here because Emmanuel Butler is absolutely lighting up training camp. Now, you remember Emmanuel Butler is one of the many wide receivers in the Saints wide receiver battle for the number four spot and on. You've heard me talk about here on the podcast before that there are three locks for me, Michael Thomas, Trey Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., probably Michael Thomas, Trey I'm sorry, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., then Trey Smith if I had to put it in an order, and then probably number four, most likely Keith Kirkwood. So the Saints are looking for a number five, potentially a number six wide receiver to sort of join that group. A lot of people were really excited about Low Jordan Humphrey, undrafted free agent out of Texas, that was signed after the draft, and he's not really making too much noise right now so far here in training camp. But Emmanuel Butler, the six foot three, two hundred and seventeen product out of Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks, is making noise and turning heads consistently every single day. He's making some kind of play. Now, Saints fans, we know to be a little bit cautious about training camp darlings. This has happened to us before. Tommy Lee Lewis, Devontae Harris, we've seen this, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit, I'm gonna tell you a little something about Emmanuel Butler that makes him different, that makes it so that you should believe the hype. If this guy can keep going and can keep doing what he's doing on a consistent basis, he will end up on the 53-man roster and will actually produce. I believe that 100%, he's just gotta keep it going. And I'll tell you what's even more important than that before I get into my kind of little scouting report of him here. What's gonna be most important is that one of these days during training camp, he's not going to have a good day. I want to know what he's going to do the day after that. How does he handle that adversity? Does he learn from it, sort of have that bad day and go, okay, I'm going to chalk it up to this, that, and the other, and I'm going to fix that. And then I'm going to come back tomorrow even better. Does he do that? Or does he kind of get down in the dumps? I have the feeling just from listening to this dude talk, watching this dude's tape, that he's going to come back full force if he has a down day. And I don't want to sound petty. I don't want to sound ridiculous or anything like that, but I hope he has, that down day because seeing him come back from it is what is going to be really important to me. Now I'm not saying I want him to have a down day because I want him to have a down day. It's just, it's that whole thing about, it's not what you do wrong. It's about what you do next. I want to see what he does next. So let's talk a little bit about Emmanuel Butler. I went through, I watched some of his tape and I found a lot of things that I really like. I love his attitude. I love his work ethic. Let's talk about the intangibles for a second. He's a guy that loves to win. He'll celebrate. He'll, you know, he, he, he's got that swagger, like he'll get in your face and he'll let you know I won. And I love seeing that. But also I I love seeing him get mad when he loses. He hates to lose. You can see that, you know, he's not one of those guys that's going to throw a hissy fit and then like get into a, you know, he's not going to have to sort of engage in a series of different events in order to sort of, you know, do a PR cleanup when he gets hit in the face by a kicking net or anything like that. Shout out Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not taking shots at Odell Beckham Jr. I love Odell Beckham Jr. And I loved all that. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about, you know, you can kind of see him get frustrated. You can see him do that and then get, you know, go in the huddle, line up, next play, move on. and I love seeing that. There's a couple of other things that I really like. He's very versatile. You could see him in that Lumberjack offense lineup on the perimeter on the outside, stacked in, uh, stacked behind other wide receivers, or working in the slot. So that type of versatility is gonna be pretty big for him. It's one of the things that we really like about Keith Kirkwood, that we like about Rashard Matthews, that we were hoping to see in Cameron Meredith, who is back at practice, but just hasn't really stood out just yet. So he's got that kind of, that part, right? So we're out of the intangibles now, but he's got that part, that versatility, the stuff that the coaching staff really, really like. He has some knowledge of his form and where he fits. He talked uh, on Sunday, after Sunday's practice, about Marcus Colston being the guy that he's trying to model his game after he was, after he was compared to Marcus Colston by one of the St. Scouts after a practice that they went or or during a, a scouting session that they had. And so seeing that and understanding that he sort of knows, all right, I'm six foot 3 I'm 217 pounds, where do I fit? He looks at Marcus Colston, he says, I'm going to binge that tape. He looks at Michael Thomas and says, here's how I can fit into this offense, or here's is an example of how I can finish this offense being versatile. He talked about Julio Jones before two, before, before the draft when in an interview with uh, 24-7 Sports they asked him sort of who is it that you model your game after and he mentioned Julio Jones and one of the things in particular that he mentioned was being able to create mismatches when he gets into the slot. That's what the Saints do with Michael Thomas. So he knows exactly where he fits and he kind of has a vision for himself in the offense even though scouts, coaches haven't told him here's our vision for you. So that's exciting to see. One of my favorite plays of his was in uh, it was again it was in a game against Eastern Washington. They ended up double teaming him on the goal line on a fade route. And look, Northern Arizona doesn't have the best quarterback play, right? There's no Drew Brees quarterback play at Northern Arizona University, right? But they know this guy. They look at this guy. You can watch the quarterback just follow him all game long. He's the one and only read every single passing play, and he just puts it up for him in the end zone one on two. And they said that they like that matchup. They're going to give Emmanuel Butler the opportunity, and you've seen him. Him do it over and over again all throughout his time, his five seasons, including a redshirt season and an injury season over at Northern Arizona. Time and time again, just going up one on one and fade routes and winning. This one he lost. He lost on a two because he was double covered on a fade route, which is just kind of incre- which is just kind of crazy altogether. It just goes to show you how much those teams respected Emmanuel Butler. They get that interception. He gets knocked to the ground. He gets up immediately when he recognizes the interception and then chases down the defender that intercepted it. That could have been a touchdown, but keeps him from even getting to the. 50 yard mark i love that hustle and i love seeing that this dude is built different than the guys that we've seen excel in training camp before and you have to love that like i said he played five seasons at northern Arizona two times he went over a thousand yards that was in 2015 and 2016 2015 he broke the single season receiving yards record for his college which hasn't you know had a football program for super long but still he owns that record he owns the career receiving yardage record as well as the career touchdown receiving touchdowns record and he's i believe second in Reception. So he's made a name for himself at his college and he's doing everything that he can to make a name for himself in New Orleans. And so far, throughout the first three days of training camp, it's working. Sorry, child. That's what I've got on Emmanuel Butler. I should also mention that in 2017, he only played two games, suffered a shoulder injury that ended his season early, and then played pretty healthy throughout 2018. Nine of 10 games, didn't miss a lot, 676 receiving yards there, and then caught seven of the team's 16 touchdown passes uh, in 2018 as well. Coming up next, though, we're going to keep it locked on training. Camp, I got all the big highlights for the first few days of training camp coming up for you, but before we jump into that, we talk about Emmanuel Butler showing out. Maybe you're trying to show out too, and let me tell you how I'm going to help you do that, guys, and that's with BlueChew.com. That's right, it's blue. Light the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants some extra function to enhance the performance in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and ships directly to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting on the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and because Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. And we got them even cheaper for you right here because right now, we've got a special deal for just for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay five dollars in shipping. Again, that's blue Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So we know that Emmanuel Butler is standing out here at training camp, but who else is standing out, who's missing out, and who's one of our favorite guys that just made a play on Sunday's practice? And I'm just so glad to see his name getting mentioned all over Twitter and everything like that. We're going to talk about that, but before we jump there, just a reminder, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, please be sure to subscribe, and if you've been here for a little while and you haven't already, or if this is your first time listening and you like what you hear, make sure you drop that five-star review. It keeps us out here, keeps the podcast free, and it keeps us up at the top so that it's easy for Saints fans that are looking for some way to get a daily fix for their favorite team the New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday makes it easy for them to find us so thank you so much for your support for doing that subscribe five-star review all that I appreciate you all right so let's go ahead and jump into training camp here so let's talk about some of the people that have stood out so far we talked about Emmanuel Butler but there's another wide receiver too, Cyril Grayson who we've talked about here on the podcast before as somebody that is really versatile he's somebody that's got crazy speed 433 speed and he's been showing it off got a deep pass from Drew Brees for a touchdown uh, on Saturday when practice moved indoors was closed off to the public but media still got it great video there he got another one on Sunday this time from a deep pass from Taysom Hill he was one-on-one with Chauncey Gardner Johnson the fourth round rookie out of Florida and just got like five yards of separation on him and beat him into the end zone man the speed that Cyril Grayson brings to this team right now is just insane people talk about him as a Ted Ginn Jr. 2.0. 2.0. Definitely another one of those wide receivers to keep an eye out on, especially if he's able to make a name for himself in special teams as well. We've already talked about his effectiveness as a gunner beating a Thomas Morstead punt down the field, but he's also getting some reps at kick return along, uh, sorry, at kick returner, or return specialist, along with Marcus Sherrills, who we expect to kind of win the competition at this point in time, Deontay Harris of Assumption College, and Austin Carr, who of course has been with the team for a couple of years now. Keeping on the offensive side, another person that's standing out, is exactly the name that you want to hear. And that's Jared Cook. The Drew Brees and Jared Cook tandem is working out beautifully so far throughout training camp. You can hear all the defensive players in the secondary talk about Jared Cook's insane catch radius. You can already see uh, Drew Brees and Jared Cook just showing that trust and creating that trust in chemistry with one another. I tweeted out earlier, uh, Herbie T.O.P. had tweeted something out about you know, him just, Drew Brees just putting a pass up for Jared Cook where only he could go and get it. And we were talking about him putting it up, keeping it high where only he can go and get it, which is something we haven't really talked about a lot since Jimmy Graham. When Jimmy Graham was here in New Orleans with Drew Brees, they beat a lot of defenses simply by playing above them and playing higher than they could. You haven't had that in New Orleans in quite a while. Now it looks like they're gathering that again in Jared Cook. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, even though he got beat on that Cyril Grayson deep route that's floating around the Drew Brees deep pass there, uh, the, Eli Apple had a fantastic Sunday. Three pass breakups throughout all the practice, including a couple and one-on-ones on on Keith Kirkwood, who of course is still working to gain and and maintain his spot with the Saints offense this offseason. But Eli Apple looked really good. Marcus Williams looked really good jumping in and batting down a pass when I can't remember who was in coverage. I can't remember who was in coverage, but they kind of got beat a little bit. The uh, receiver got behind him and Marcus Williams was able to jump in front and knock the ball down. The linebacking core looked really good. The two interceptions that have happened so far in practice, Darnell Senke, linebacker, and then the only one in team so far came from Caden Ellis, a ball that got tipped, I believe it was thrown by Taysom Hill, if I remember correctly, got tipped by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and then intercepted by Caden Ellis. That's one of the big plays, that that's what I was alluding to earlier in terms of one of the podcast favorites that actually got in there and made a play. So far, we've heard every single rookie's name in training camp in just three days. Alizé Mack looking good as a pass catching tight end. He's made some catches. Uh, Caden Ellis, we just heard because of the interception. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has broken up a couple of passes and has gotten in the way to knock down some passes or tip up some passes that ended up in an interception, much like the Caden Ellis interception. We've heard Eric McCoy because he's been rotating in as the uh, number one center there. And even Saquon Hampton has been making plays, breaking up a couple of passes himself as well. So it's exciting to hear those rookies get in there and make plays. But what about people that have been missing, people that we haven't heard anything about? Well, one of them that comes up simply just hasn't been at practice yet, and that's running back Buck Allen. And you know how much I like Buck Allen. He's the former Ravens running back that I had picked as the running back three coming into the season, but we haven't seen him so far inexplicably at that. We have not been given a reason so far about why we haven't seen him yet throughout training camp, and it's not shaping up good for him because the Saints brought in theoretic on an interview, or on an interview, on a visit, but we'll talk about that in the third segment because it would make sense that if the Saints ended up sticking with theoretic which I admit would be a good move, it makes a lot of sense that Buck Allen would be the odd man out because he's yet to report to training camp, and again, without X explanation. Some of the other guys that have been present, but just haven't really had their names called yet, or that we haven't really heard much about yet. Somebody that I was expecting to hear a lot about right away, Lil Jordan Humphrey. We know that he's there, but he's not really been out there making plays or anything, not really standing out just yet. So excited to see a little bit more from him, really eager to see a little bit more from him and kind of anxious that we haven't seen it yet, but it's allowed people like Emmanuel Butler and Cyril Grayson to really step their game up and sort of push to the forefront of everyone, every everybody's mind. So if definitely if you're Lil Jordan Humphrey. You want to start making those plays as an undrafted free agent as soon as possible. Another wide receiver, Cameron Meredith. He made it back to uh, made it back to camp. He's supposed to be healthy, but we're just really not hearing a lot about him. And that's really not going to help his case if he continues to be quiet throughout more of this training camp. And finally, the last person that I think I'm just not hearing anything about so far, or at least a little bit that we've heard was kind of negative, is Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is one of the people that you would expect to be in that battle, along with Alizé Mack and Garrett Griffin. To be one of those, uh, one of those tight ends, probably the third tight end in the lineup behind Jerry Cook and Josh Allen. We've heard that Alize Mack has made a couple of nice catches. Dan Arnold, the only thing we've heard about him is that he dropped a well-placed pass by Teddy Bridgewater on Saturday morning's practice. So definitely starting to see a little bit of separation already within that tight end three battle. It's very, very early. Can't make any calls yet, but without a doubt, these little things will start to stack up. So coming up next, we're gonna be talking about Theo Riddick's visit with the the Saints and why he would be an outstanding signing, and I have a little bit of news for you because the Saints did just make a signing. I'll tell you who that is and what you need to know about them, but first, support for the Locked On Saints podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off at Manscaped scape.com using the promo code locked on. So on Saturday, running back Theo Riddick was cut by the Detroit Lions by Sunday. He was in New Orleans on his official visit. My understanding is that he has not left yet, or at least I haven't heard about him leaving yet. But before we get to Theo Riddick and why he is such an excellent fit for New Orleans, the Saints did just make a signing as I'm recording this on Sunday night. The Saints signed offensive lineman Patrick Omame. He has played with the Giants, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, with with the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's yet to be any news about what his contract looks like. I'm sure it's a short-term veteran contract, of course, at this moment. And then also we don't know what the corresponding move is just yet, but the Saints were at 90. So we'll see what it is that they do to make this extra roster spot for him. Remember I mentioned earlier on in the episode that Buck Allen hasn't been to practice for the first three days. So we'll see if he ends up being the guy to get the ax there to make room for Omame. So let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, he's an offensive lineman that's coming in. Uh, he's played over 3,700 snaps in the NFL over his five years since he was drafted or selected by Tampa Bay in the 2014 draft. Let's see. Uh, No, he was undrafted, uh, brought in in 2013 by the San Francisco 49ers and ended up with Tampa Bay uh, for only 900 snaps of that season. Uh, The longest or the most snaps he's played in a single season was actually in 2017 with 1,052 snaps. He allowed only three sacks that season. That's the most that he played. Most of those snaps came at left guard, but he also Played 14 snaps at left tackle. He also was a part of the really just kind of horrific New York Giants offensive line last year in 2018. A pro football focus pass blocking grade of 48.9, run blocking grade of 50.5, allowing five sacks, five hits, and 24 hurries. In 2018, he played for a little while with the Giants before he was cut and then re-signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars and played out through there, allowing a sack in each of the last three games of the season. Uh, he's somebody that's got a little bit of versatility. He's played over a thousand snaps at two different positions, left guard and right guard. He's also played uh, 46 at right tackle and 36 at left tackle. So he's played a little bit all over the line, but he seems like somebody that can sort of jump in between guard to guard there. And so we know that, you know, Larry Warford missed some time in OTAs. Maybe they're bringing in somebody to just sort of help spell him a little bit. We'll see exactly what it is. Not really sure where this signing is going, but definitely looks more like a camp body to me. So let's get to the guy that I'm very excited about the Saints having this visit with, and it's Theo Riddick. So like I said, He was released on Saturday by the Lions on Sunday. He's with his official visit in New Orleans. And if it were up to me, this dude would not leave New Orleans. He'd sign a contract and that would be it. This is my, if he signs with the Saints, he's my new running back three. 100%. I'm hopping off of Buck Allen at that point and I'm going for Theo Riddick. I don't care if Buck Allen had been, had shown up to practice for three days and had been there. If he wasn't showing out, Theo Riddick would be my guy. This is the best, single best receiving back in the NFL over the last five years Brett Whitefield at PFF underscore Brett on Twitter talked about it 93.3 receiving grade which ranks first among all running backs 91 forced tackles on catches that also ranks first 116 combined first downs and touchdowns which ranks second he's got 289 receptions in his six-year career so far and has the highest five-year total out of anybody in the NFL though Alvin Kamara is well on his way to matching or exceeding him 14 touchdowns through the air in his career as well and in every single year of his career even the year where he only had 26 receiving yards he outgained himself on the ground through the air when he had 26 receiving yards in 2013 his rookie year with Detroit he gained 25 on the ground this is just what theoretic does he is a receiving back Pure bread. That's 100% what he does, and he is fantastic at it. He had a 94.0 receive, uh, sorry, receiving grade on Pro Football Focus back in 2015, where he caught 80 passes for 697 yards and three touchdowns, 8.7 yards per reception, and 663 after the catch. This is just what this guy does, and he's incredible at it. And he's somebody that if you needed somebody to come in and spell Alvin Kamara for a little bit and you don't want to scrap half your playbook theoretic is the guy to get in the building to do it if he signs with the saints he is a fantastic running back number three option and i'm sure that they could also probably sell him on a slot uh on a slot role as well because he plays really well both out of the backfield and also running routes after lining up like a receiver he's got a great route tree there he's he's a sufficient pass blocker as well grading greater than 70 in his pass blocking pro football focus grade every year since 2015 i'm telling you if this dude signs in new orleans this is a big-time late pickup for the Saints. They've done this before. It's like Manti Teo. They just did it a couple of times with TJ Green and Josh Martin. They're bringing in these guys late. Of course, Patrick uh, Omame, who we just talked about, this is what the Saints do. They always continue to keep doing this work so that they can figure out either what they need in the future, should somebody get injured and they need to bring somebody in, or if there's somebody like this guy, like Theo Riddick, who got cut and is just a too good to let go, you get him in the building, you don't let him leave, you get him a contract, and you profit in 2000. 19. All right, y'all. So that does it for Monday's edition of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you stick with me all throughout the week. Again, if this is your first time listening, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you stick around every Monday through Friday coming at you with your training camp updates. There's a rejuvenated excitement in the air now that football is officially back and we are exploring it right here every Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. So we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on. I'll probably go a little bit deeper into the Patrick Amame signing, which you heard is pretty much my initial uh, sort of kind of initial reaction. So I'll go a little bit deeper on him as well. And then, of course, if the Saints sign Theo Riddick, we'll talk a little more about that still got to get through our top five games of the 2019 season and of course we'll do our live q a at noon on wednesday and then we'll change the time after this week to make sure we can get more people in but if you want to be a part of that that's over on the locked on saints facebook group at facebook.com group slash locked on saints thank you so much everybody for coming through once again i am ross jackson you can find me on twitter at ross jackson asc hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you live in let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the podcast be sure to drop that five star review and if you have not already be sure to subscribe on whatever you're your favorite podcasting platform is including the Himalaya Podcast app. Thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked On Saints and Trust to That Nation. Oh, I'll let <laughs> you.